0: Fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us—it really helps other people discover us. And we always welcome feedback or communication via our social media: FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And you can support us on Kofi if you'd like—that's K-O-F-I—if you want to throw us a few dollars for hardware, software, all the wares. <laughs> All the wares. <laughs> Good evening. Hello.
1: <laughs> hello, hello. Um, We will be discussing the Queen and <laughs> the public response to her passing and her legacy and what does it all mean. Um, but first, um, the news. We were talking before this about how, before we started recording, before we hit the button, <laughs> uh, know, there's always so much there's always so much going on in the world and uh it's really hard i don't think i think i could spend all day every day watching reading the news and not feel completely up to date and well-versed in everything because i mean even in like local politics nope then you go to mm-hmm. state and then you go to federal and then you go to the fucking world um <laughs> so it, it's overwhelming at times, but there is, there is a lot going on. There's still the, the crisis obviously happening I mean, a million wars and crises, crises yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, one thing that made a lot of headlines nationally um, was Eliza Fletcher's disappearance. And then them finding her um, that she'd been murdered and she was, um, she was, it was in Memphis. She was on a run at 4.30 in the morning, um, which is, does not, <laughs> the reason I'm saying this is what we'll get into. Um, she was wearing her shorts and her sports bra, normal running attire. She was running early because she's, she was a teacher. Um, so she had an early start to her day. And that's when she, you know, she had two kids. That's when she could fit it in. Um, and after, um, it became really publicized because one the actual kidnapping was captured on video two she was the daughter um or in the family maybe the granddaughter of like a well-known established like billionaire um in the area and she you know she's a white lady <laughs> a wealthy white lady and that's that's part of it too and of course her disappearance should and her murder should be covered but I don't think we can mention it without mentioning how many more um, indigenous women, women of color go missing that don't get a single, you know, headline, um, which is not to diminish her loss in any way. Obviously it's heartbreaking and should absolutely be talked about. Um, But the prevalence of her press kind of shows there's an absence and a silence in a lot of other cases. Um, Mm -hmm. And another thing that I didn't learn until today about this is the person who who allegedly but there's a lot of evidence uh murdered her um not only he was released um somewhat recently in the last couple of years from another kidnapping charge but mm-hmm. it, it turns out um his dna came up in a rape kit that hadn't been processed and that rape took place in uh september 2021 um mm-hmm. so once again the uh The backlog of the rape kits, Um, not only is it an injustice to the person who was, you know, assaulted and raped by this person, and Mm -hmm. so many hundreds of thousands, if not, I don't know the numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was higher than that, Mm -hmm. um, of people whose rape kits go untested for years on end, not being able to find any sort of closure, any sort of justice, um, any sort of peace. Right. Um, It can also lead to things like this, where you know, his his DNA was on the record. If they had, if we had competent and effective um, police force who themselves weren't very often perpetrators of violence against women, uh, mm-hmm. maybe she would still be alive. And if all these, you know, if there was a system in place to process all of these rape kits in a timely manner, I think probably a lot more people would be um, alive. So I feel like yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of issues wrapped up in, in one with this. And, of course, just violence um against women. And the fact that, you know...
0: Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I think you, you nailed it. And it's funny. I mean, we... Briefly, we we're talking about this before hitting record, and it it does so quickly spiral into so many other things, like the matter of violence against women and violence in general. Domestic violence um, feels like such an important um, place to start mm-hmm. for prior for law enforcement to prioritize. Like, you know, domestic violence, and and when they themselves are perpetrators, so often, um, it's a wonder you know it ever gets. You know, yeah. prosecuted at all um and so it is such an important place to start because it, it targets both bad actors and and police uh who are more likely by i think by a huge percentage maybe 60 percent more likely to be violent um to the people they're supposed to be policing mm-hmm. if they have any record of domestic violence um in their personal life uh And that's something that feels like we can, you know, there's so much data on this and and there's not a whole lot of data with, with police being bad actors because um, they have such a strong union while other unions are weak. For some reason, the police union, generally police unions are quite strong. Mm -hmm. And Um, we're pro union for the record. We are pro union. (laughs) And I, I, I think that, I think police should have a union too. I think that that, I think if we're, if I'm like trying to have the most like good faith understanding of what police are supposed to do and it's on their cars you know like serve and protect and they don't have to do that right like I think that um a good police union would be one in which you also don't want as a community of police officers um it should be an honor it should be hard to become a police officer and you should be held to a higher standard not a lower one not be just because you get to enact the law and enforce the law doesn't mean that you get to also break the law Um, In all of these like wink, wink, nudge, nudge ways. And so it should be the union itself for police officers shouldn't want bad police officers to be able to continue to police. And I know that's like a culture problem as much as anything else. But um, it's something that I think if we continue to talk about um, and and especially people on the left, because we're talking about there's there's the phrase defund the police, which is very triggering for a lot of people, Um, you know, it, it. when we're talking about getting – we're talking about – it's like a desperate rallying cry to get rid of bad police officers and to oh. reallocate funds to places where it overall could have a much better – there could be better use, like de-escalation tech, um people who are much better at de-escalating. And that way you're also, as a union, wouldn't you actually want to protect the boundaries of what what is actually the job of a police officer and who gets to like come in with a gun and who doesn't? You know, I, I would mm-hmm. be very interested for there to be clear delineations on like who's coming for a mental health call, who's coming on a drug call, who's coming on for all these different things. And we're asking police, just like we ask teachers to do way too many things. We ask police to do too many things. This should be something that the union concerns itself with.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. And um, another thing that was interesting is when this first, when her kidnapping was first reported, um, we didn't know the outcome. I saw on a lot of different places, people saying that it was a husband and coming out with like, I think we're in the age of the, you know, the keyboard detective. And sometimes I think that it, genuinely solves crimes um mm-hmm. having rando people who can serve themselves with um with you know following evidence and and whatnot and we see like very you know something gets a netflix documentary or you know a, po- a well-known podcast does an episode on it mm-hmm. and a case gets solved or there's a new hearing and a trial like people can actually be effective which also i feel like points to giant holes in our justice system but right it can also go <laughs> too far because <laughs> I read so many things where people were were saying it was the husband who mm-hmm. killed her, and they were they were like listing all these reasons why none of it was actual evidence, but it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, we know that it's more often than not a someone close to the person who does commit these crimes. Um, so the husband should always be investigated, but within a few hours of the headlines people coming for his fucking head Mm -hmm. um it was just and then seeing what actually happened um and when I was reading those I was like oh it sounds like he did it you know I'm not gonna act like I wasn't (laughs) reading it and getting kind of convinced yeah um but it was just a reminder like we can't just like we're against it when, you know, people become vigilantes to report people for having, you know, medical procedures called abortions. Um, mm-hmm. It's this type of like weird vigilante uh, justice. And this idea that because you read something, you know, what's best in the situation. Um, but it's hard because the justice system has huge gaping holes. So it's sometimes right. a, a person who does research, um, he does know better, but if it's just a bunch of people commenting without any real evidence, it's a bit of a, a red flag,
0: yeah. And it can, like, all of that. Um, anytime, regardless of the issue, if you feel like you are not going to be heard by the police, like, mm-hmm. if your concern isn't going to get taken seriously, um, it's going to encourage vigilante justice in whatever form that takes. Um, I'm honestly like, I'm coming from a pretty biased moment in my life where, mm-hmm. like, we have active ongoing <laughs> yeah, like i mean we have active ongoing drug dealers right next door and we have caught the full transaction on tape many times at this point um we have audio we have video we've called 911 there have been threats of violence against people in the building um it is bad um and none of them have a- are part of the lease and i know i did this in might we see you but it's kind of like the problem that is arising is that we are seeing vigilante justice. We're seeing, um, you know, a homeowner nearby. We are in an apartment. We are neighbors with these squatters. No one's on the lease and the lease owner died of an overdose. Um, uh, But we are seeing people take this into their own hands and try to drive these people out through inappropriate means because they feel that law enforcement aren't, aren't, taking us seriously aren't able to do anything and that's that's a that's a problem that yeah you know it's a you should be able to turn to law enforcement for whatever and there should be an appropriate path towards you know resolution
1: <laughs> yeah it's like the the quote-unquote every man shouldn't be dealing with this and inept cops shouldn't either like there should be there should be recourse for certain situations right where someone's safety or health um is in danger. And sometimes there's just not. Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our intro topic. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, um, you know, there's, there's, it's interesting to me that there's so much, um, uh, I don't. I can't really put my finger exactly on why the news recently, and why tw- Twitter, which we'll get into, kind of with the reaction to the death of the Queen, but like why things have felt like they're spiraling. I mean, I, I'm wondering if it's maybe like if it's it's a combination of seeing over the summer a lot of environmental catastrophe that caused loss of life um, across the globe. Uh, you know, there is the war in Ukraine, which is causing a lot of like. Um, downstream effects all over the world, um, and seems like it's only going to grow in terms of like poverty uh, and hunger, um, uh, the inability for people in the U.S. I mean, to get a job or to or to find um, or fi- you know find an appropriate job and find an appropriate home, like house, mm-hmm. because of all the corporations buying up property and everyone getting squeezed out of cities. Um, the scarcity seems real and it has it. It has this trickling effect and then there's a lot of real violence that we're seeing and there's the potential crumbling of democracy I mean <laughs> can't put my finger on what it is but as I think all these things out loud it's like god damn it's a really overwhelming time to be like a person who's like really um, you know reads the news and feels feels it deeply <laughs> yeah and it's in some ways I feel
1: like we can, I mean, hindsight is 2020 and we can um, look back, and as I gaze at my 2016 DNC cup, oh, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, we can look back to then and wait, and much fucking further back. Um, right. And there have been atrocities and uncertainties and violence and fear um, deeply embedded in the fabric of, like, our um planet yes (laughs) going back to recorded history um and i think at least for me it's like growing up i would you know there were like personal issues in my life but i would read about things in history textbooks and think about oh that was that sounded hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. reading about wars conflicts and the great depression and things like that not thinking little little baby air not thinking like you know what <laughs> like there's always going to be um some uncertainties and some violence and some conflicts and some potentially catastrophic uh, situations um as long as you are a resident of earth and at some point something will probably take out the whole planet anyway um <laughs> bah, yeah. bah. but no that you're being, so right but <laughs> that being said it's like it does feel um, like these past—I don't know how many years—but it does feel like we are continuing to go like, but up this roller coaster. But it's not like a fun one, yeah. Um, and it's very uh, disconcerting, and yeah, not sure where or if it ends because it's—I you know—I think it's opened my my eyes to the fact that. Things can always get so much worse than I can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. tomorrow there could be a, the earth could separate a mile from my house, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like hellfire <laughs> could rain out of it. I don't know. There could be tornadoes up and I don't know. Um, yeah. Someone could shoot me tomorrow at the grocery store. I mean, I'm not going to go Oof, to the grocery man. store tomorrow, but at work, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. And so it's like these things have always been possible. I think it's just been the realization that they are. And then there are certain things like the you know, climate crisis where they haven't always been
0: mm-hmm. on the
1: forefront. And now they are. There are things like gun violence, which we've had guns for a hot minute, but mm-hmm. they've taken on new meaning. Like the threats change. Um, there are always some threats, but the ones that we have nowadays seem to be a bit more apocalyptic Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also coming from the perspective of a white person in yeah. America. Yep, who's got it. You know, I've got a budget and I've got problems in my life, but yep, all things considered, I've got it pretty cush. Got a roof over my head. I've got money for food. Mm-hmm. Um, I have expensive health insurance, and <laughs> you know, yeah. So, and I'm not discriminated against for my color of my skin, and yeah. You know. Gender, sure, but
0: that's a <laughs> a different beast. Yeah. Yes. No, that's so well said. Um, turning to the main, you know, the topic that we're going to get to today, in some ways ties into the landscape mm-hmm. of everything that we're talking about.
1: It does.
0: <laughs> it does. Um, so I wanted to talk about this previously. Primarily because I guess, so we probably recorded Wednesday of last week and, um, the queen died, I believe on Thursday. Um, and I was immediately struck. It all happened very quickly. It was sort of like there was news from the palace that, um, she was not doing well, um, like the morning of that day and that her family was kind of going to go be with her in Scotland in Balmoral where she's spent a lot of her years, um, or a lot of summers and happy times throughout her life, um. And then she died by, like, 11 a.m., I think, Pacific mm-hmm. time. Um, and I was kind of – it felt like a moment, you know, before I got on Twitter. I was like, wow, okay, Queen Elizabeth II has died. This is – definitely feels like the end of an era just because it, like, literally is. She's 96 and she's been a grandmother for 40 years. <laughs> like, she, she has been in – it's pretty astounding how long she's been a fixture globally um but then I went on Twitter and I was really um thrown off by the celebratory vibe there's there's no like I'm gonna kind of try to be as blunt as I can I was I was thrown by how celebratory the vibe was I don't consider I'm not I'm definitely not a monarchist I don't really think I'm I wouldn't really consider myself even a fan necessarily of the queen I do enjoy being a royal watcher I I kind of can't help myself (laughs) dirty bitch (laughs) I know I really do kind of gawk at like um you know the any drama with Kate Middleton, Megan Markle, the mm-hmm. spectacle of everything. Like I'm interested in it. I love, I love the show, the crown. I will watch absolutely any British drama that has to do with, or, or European drama that has to do with like any sort of like just drama. Like that's, that's kind of my guilty pleasure is just like, I don't even care. One of my favorites is like this Russian um, modern drama of Catherine the Great that was made in russia and it's called e-katerina and like it's kind of janky but it's like dark in like this the it's so dark and weird and ugh, um but like and could only be made in russia anyway like i will seek that shit out wherever it lies <laughs> um but i'm not you know not trying to make excuses for the queen in this comment it's just like I, I think, and I want to, you know, I'm so curious to hear what you think because I, I feel like my opinion is best reflected in um, Maya Jasanoff's um, op-ed in the New York Times where she basically said, mourn, her, mourn the queen, not her empire. And I don't even know if you need to necessarily like mourn the queen specifically. It's just like, that's probably the closest op-ed to my thoughts. You don't really have to mourn the queen, but the dancing on her grave <laughs> on Twitter was um immediate, and it was widespread enough that I felt like I was probably one of the only people. I'm usually on my timeline on Twitter, like quite in not necessarily lockstep, but I would say I'm generally like on the spectrum of feeling generally where everyone else is. Hmm. We're all kind of on the same team and on the same page and like, yeah, there are a little there's bickering fights here and there. but like I feel that I'm kind of in the same pool <laughs> of community. this I Almost, I saw almost no one. I was trying to think of the most like liberal um, kind of estimate here. Liberally, 5% of my timeline was, were people saying anything just basic about like R.I.P. the queen. 95% of my timeline was people being like, Fuck her, dancing on her grave. There was like an Irish. There was a group that did an Irish jig to another one. Bites the dust in front of Buckingham Palace. Um, there was a shared catharsis. It seems between like everyone from like the Irish to Australians to the South Africans to Ghanaians and Kenyans and Jamaicans, like lots of people in formerly co- colonized UK. That is fine. I mean, and it's more than fine. It's it's understandable. Your descendants of Colonialism is like a scourge that has that continues to this day and the the effects continue to be felt in incredibly real ways that like we need to talk about and should be talking about more and more consistently and more tangibly, talking about ways to fix it. Like the way that the IM, the International Monetary Fund, for instance, like still holds great monetary power over most countries in Africa. Most countries in Africa are stuck with this like archaic, ridiculous system. That's tied to the IMF in a in a way that like is I tried to explain in the we see you like a year ago and I really want to go back to it because I was just like this is so colossally fucked tangibly about economics but that's a different tangent but so so I'm so interested in unraveling like all the ways in which colonialism has fucked so many countries and so many people and the violence that was over you know that was overseen. Throughout the British Empire. Queen Elizabeth herself, mm, it's a little bit thinner in terms of like what, there's not as much of like how much did she personally direct, oversee, okay. I think a lot, there's lots of comments about like how much had been kept from her. Anyway, but that, I, I'm gonna like close this like opening ramble just by saying essentially what I wanna talk about is sort of, and like talk about with you is just like, what degree of like, how do we talk about this? Like person who is, I think, well, I know now incredibly fraught. I knew before, but I was sort of like, if she was this bad in life, I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked because it hasn't really it seems as if this is someone who would be celebrated the way that I would sort of expect like Trump or Mitch McConnell when they die to be like, we're all going to be tap dancing. And I wasn't really expecting the breadth of, of visceral hate and celebration that rained down on my Twitter timeline. And maybe it's just Twitter and not real life. And what are your thoughts now? <laughs> yeah. I had to really think about my thoughts
1: and because my, <sighs> I was kind my ambivalence was my initial reaction, which doesn't mean I didn't care. It means that I'm not explaining to you, but I feel like yeah. <laughs> people misunderstand what ambivalence is. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me explain ambivalence. It's when you have both like po- positive and negative feelings. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really have positive feelings necessarily, but one, I think <clears throat> it's tricky that she was, you know ruling which meant different things at different points in her ruling for 70 years
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it is rare that you can hold a current person in power accountable for something from 40 years ago mm-hmm. um, generally because i think it was like 14 17 presidents in that time frame um, yeah it's a long time ministers like yeah it's a long stretch and you know i i will say about 50% of texts from my father since then have been about her he's oh. he's beside himself oh true. Uh, yeah he's really upset about it uh, but she <laughs> there were the aspects about her as a human being that i admired i never it was my privilege to not ever really look into how much was her monarchy Mm -hmm. aware of the atrocities of the empire um how much complicity did she have one thing that always kind of irked me about her Mm -hmm. um which a lot of people see as a plus and i it's just my own coming from 2022 something that i that kind of got you know got my goat was that how neutral she was Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which to a lot of people was a wonderful thing and a welcome thing but i think at this point you know, political neutrality is moral neutrality and that's not a thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I also love her corgis. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and there are some things and some speeches she has given over the years that did seem to have some heart to them. Um, But when I was trying to find, like, what what did she know? What was she complicit in? What was she part of that was going on? Like you alluded to, it was hard to find anything tangible. Um, The most I found um the most compelling thing I found was in you know something that time wrote up within the last uh, few days um so as we as we know at this point when she ascended the throne, which was in nineteen fifty two um, she was responsible for hundreds of millions of quote unquote subjects um spread across around seventy colonies territories um, and across the first few decades of that um and but especially those first few decades there were bloody fucking conflicts in a lot of places um in her you know quote-unquote empire Mm -hmm. um you you reference northern ireland also malaya kenya cyprus it's and other places um British forces acting in her name Mm -hmm. would basically like concentration camps is what it sounds like, you know, Uh, detentions without trial, illegal deportations Um, in Kenya and other places. They would forcibly relocate hundreds of thousands of people into these barbed wire quote unquote villages um, Mm -hmm. with forced labor, starvation. Mm -hmm. Um, And in all of these conflicts, there were kill squads and the people who lived in these places were terrorized. Um so the question is, you know, we know this. This is mm-hmm. just history at this point. We understand this, and also more than just history for the people in those places. Um, but Winston Churchill, who was prime minister when Queen Elizabeth II began her her reign, um we know that he knew um and the prime ministers knew of this violence at the mm-hmm. direction of the British that they participated in planning this violence um, and they participated in the cover-up um, of the violence. They lied to par- parliament, they lied to the media um, and they actually ordered the distru- destruction via burning, which I guess is more effective than Trump's toilet flushing <laughs> of, of the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no, smoking gun as we like to say there's no tangible evidence saying she knew what was going on and so that's Mm -hmm. where that's where it gets tricky um she met with whoever the prime minister was roughly weekly there was no documentation or like recordings of what they talked about during these sessions Mm -hmm. so you know you could argue that Part of this was them lying to the public, lying to the media. They could have lied to her. But on the other hand, you know, one thing that people appreciated about her was her seemingly her strong knowledge of, you know, these international um, issues and relationships. So it's tricky because you, you don't you don't know what she knew and what she didn't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You only know what she said and how she presented herself, which was generally with neutrality. And there are some things she would do, like. At one point, she wore like colors that people thought supported the EU, and you know there are things she did over the years um, that people interpreted one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard because what is you know what is the responsibility of the monarchy right. at this point, and it has changed over the years. Um, right. But if she had any hand in any of that like I can't be mad about people whose ancestors or who themselves were in these violent internment camps um Mm -hmm. having joy or you know I feel like I can't really police their responses to this um I you know and then again of course it was however many years ago, 40 years ago or whatever, which through a lot, mo- you know, through the lens today. And I would hope that myself, if I were born then, would recognize these as atrocities. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all think we would do certain things in certain scenarios. Um, and we really don't know who we'd be no. in a different life or in a different circumstance in a different decade. And so I like to think I'd be one of the, you know, quote unquote, good guys, Um but it's you know I don't one I don't know what she knew and two the amount of years ago does not excuse anything it's a moral and literal atrocity all of these things that, that happened all this violence that was enacted then like mm-hmm. these are human beings you should fucking know better right but I'm also saying that sitting here today um, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But that was kind of my takeaway from trying to suss out mm-hmm. the monarchy versus the empire. Um, and there's also some, like, I have some notes on positive things, too. It's just that I was trying to get the heart of, like, what was she culpable for? What was she responsible for? Right. Um, and I, do, you know, there were no... she That crown... You know, there there are countries uh, that have requested some of those jewels back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I believe in reparations. And, you know, she never came out and spoke against those atrocities. And Mm -hmm. I think that's wrong. Um, But was I dancing on her grave? No. (laughs) Um, It's easy, I think, for me to sit here and cast judgment on things looking through the lens of history and mm-hmm. being able to see how everything played out and sit here with my like moral superiority, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people who were really, really, really heartbroken by her passing and she represented something really meaningful to a lot of people and provided a sense of stability um, and in a world that like we were talking about is so, so unstable I think that that is really uprooting to a lot of people um like I said I feel like it's a Rorschach test like depending on where you're coming from
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you see it differently um but it's yeah I I took no I wasn't dancing
0: you know yeah right right it was and I know Twitter maybe isn't the best place to gauge like how everyone's feeling (laughs) but it's a gauge, for it's sure. It's a gauge. And the gauge that was, you know, for for kind of feeling like, okay, my people, like, my community on Twitter is dancing on her grave. That's something that I really had to think about, you know, just kind of, like, I was, I think ambivalence, that's a really great way to kind of, you know, succinctly describe it. Because it's sort of like, okay, um, she, is, the queen has died. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think personally just the stability of like I you can just tell already and I kind of was going to get to this later but now I'm thinking about it the way that she her 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 stability through like and and her representing the UK as a figurehead I mean it's so obviously A job that not anyone can do and her son is already fucking it up (laughs) he's Um, also
1: like mm,
0: I mean hmm, sketch a latch he he is he's sketchy um and but you know what and it's funny I didn't really tweet much in the last week because I was just like I'm gonna keep my mouth shut um aside from just saying basically like I think I said something like okay I you know Might be in the minority, but like the celebration vibe feels a little morbid and like a little off. But I, you know, I certainly, I would never tell anyone who's experiencing it, you know, and experiencing happiness. I am in no position to be dictating to people like how they should feel about this. Um, it just was like oof, that that's a tough one. That's a it's tough. I mean, you and I struggle when we were like when. Trump got COVID and we were like, Ooh, Ooh
1: what am I hoping for? <laughs> Ooh, this doesn't sit right. Yeah. Mm.
0: You know? So I, I think that that's, that's kind of an interesting parallel of just sort of feeling like, look, it's, it's tough when you have, or at least like, if I had tough feelings about someone and like, you know, if there are a few people that I personally despise in my life for whatever reason, they've wronged me or someone in my family, you know, I, I hope that I could hold like just a teensy bit of, grace or hold it together when that person dies or something just like Mm -hmm. i I don't really want to be the person going like i hope they burn in hell i mean but maybe i will um there are a few people where i'm like all right yeah yeah i mean and i kind of just want to spotlight because i think it it perfectly encapsulates kind of the big quote-unquote big debate but it also exposes people who are cancel culture vultures who are like cancel culture like Um, Because in calling for this person's cancellation, they expose themselves as just wanting certain, you know, just seeing certain things as being cancelable and other things Mm -hmm. as not being cancelable. So um, Professor uh, Ujo Anya um, at Carnegie Mellon tweeted on, like, basically right when the queen died, (laughs) she tweeted if anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of which those alive today are still trying to overcome, you can keep wishing upon a star. <laughs> um, and that got huge response. Lots of people supported it, liked it, retweeted, whatever. Jeff Bezos retweeted Ugh. it. And then he said, this is a person who you expect to be, who who wants to make the world a better place i think not or something like that yeah gross you don't know what you're talking about you know right gross you don't know what you're talking about like oof from jeff bezos and people rightfully kind of pointed out like i don't think that he necessarily consciously even this is me giving him like credit i shouldn't really he hasn't really earned but like i don't know if he consciously picked a woman of color to like retweet a pile on but um, you know, that was definitely a sidebar that wasn't a good look. Yeah. However. Someone who was going to
1: tweet that? It would be a person of color because look at the places that were colonized.
0: You right. Know? Like, right. Jeff. I mean, unless you're a Northern Ireland Iron- sure. Iron- person. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, those tap dancers, uh, cheeky <laughs> tap dancers. Um, but I, and of course, and people were calling for her to be fired. And Carnegie Mellon, I think, did the right thing, which is like basically they said, like, she doesn't represent the views of Carnegie Mellon, but we are not firing her. You know, she has a right to say whatever she wants to say. Yeah. Which I think is exactly right. If you want to distance yourself from the statement, that's your right as a, a university to say, you know, this professor, this is one professor, she's allowed to say what she wants to say. Freedom of speech, I thought people cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, Anti cancel culture, I thought people cared about. But meanwhile, you do have all those right leaning outlets going, and this woman is allowed to stay at Carnegie Mellon? It's like in she this one be. comment, yeah. you guys are exposing the hypocrisy of this whole cancel culture thing, which is that you only – we're only caring about certain types of speech being – you know cancelable or not cancelable. Right. Um but this woman I think kind of encapsulates basically there was the, the because in being one of the harshest prominent blue check marked people to say something the, in the first few hours that's why she, I think she's catching a ton of flack and I think she actually had her Twitter account suspended temporarily where she couldn't it wasn't totally gone like you could view her tweets but she wasn't allowed to retweet or, or she wasn't allowed to post on her own account for like 48 hours. Um but yeah, I just I, yeah I wanted to draw attention to this one because it's um, like you say it's kind of like I I just feel so complicated like they're in there not being really I think it seems like the government purposefully kept the queen out of these like uh, these atrocities so that she maybe could claim. That she didn't know. No. Um, like, all these secret meetings, they didn't, like, you know. <sighs> I mean, and if you believe, I, I think, not like, secret a lot meetings. Of, The
1: meetings were not secret, but there were no documents. No,
0: no, it's like, right, them. those, yeah. like, one-on-ones she has with prime ministers were apparently, like, yeah. the only thing that she would say if one-on-ones. she disagreed. One-on-ones. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of pop a little one-on-one on your calendar. Yeah. Seems like the only thing she would say if she disagreed was just, like, are you sure, you know, to people, and they would be like, oh, she obviously... disagrees which is kind of Mm -hmm. crazy that that one woman could basically hold opinions that she never voices i mean i would explode i couldn't do that job her
1: whole fucking life um yeah it's uh it's cray and i have there's a couple a couple tweets i pulled out too of other perspectives um Jamel Hill said um, journalists are tasked with putting legacies into full context. So it is entirely appropriate to examine the queen and her role in the devastating impact of uh, continued colonialism. Mm -hmm. Um, And Karen Ataya said black and brown people and Northern Ireland (laughs) (laughs) who are subject to horrendous cruelties and economic deprivation under British colonialism are allowed to have feelings about Queen Elizabeth. After all, they were her subjects too. Um, so just since were totally two two white ladies with no historical known um no. ties to anywhere she colonized um adding a couple more yeah uh opinions to the to the mix i know twenty three of well, me said I was related to some queen that like one in <laughs> I feel like every fucking white bitch is related to, but I don't remember even which one.
0: Well, that's funny. Um, I also think yeah, Brittany um, Packnett Cunningham also said like today is a. Rem- I always go to her when it's like what what are you know when I'm feeling com- complicated feelings. <laughs> she usually gets like the nuance. Um, she was like today is a reminder of how things like decorum help white supremacy be, um, cultural not just systemic. Decorum will silence people from telling the truth because it's impolite. Meanwhile, it's not impolite to ask the colonized to mourn the chief symbol of their colonization Um, folks aren't always quote celebrating death when they tell an inconvenient truth don't be more obsessed with decorum than the truth don't be more committed to order than you are justice i'm not telling y'all to dance on anybody's graves or place flowers there but i believe time that i believe times of social conversation can help us build deeper understanding there are lessons um, and then she links to some scholarship um, and then the section and she said uh, see the section on quote fear of open conflict Um, so like I just think it it's so um I think there's so much we can do with like the queen's passing to basically be like she herself personally was a symbol for a lot of people in some depending like you say Rorschach test depending on who you are it was a symbol of stability and order and dignity and something to be proud of um, to be one of her quote unquote subjects. I think probably if you're in the UK, you might feel that, you know, dignity in being her subject rather than, you know, most of the other places where <laughs> you were probably not necessarily a subject by choice of hers. Um, but th- t- now that she is gone, maybe exploring ways in which reparations can be made to these countries giving some of these jewels back like do they really need all of them no they don't why can't they like things that are really well documented like you took this from us you took the you know and just use it as a moment to just like be better i know that charles has an interest in you know he has deep ties to sort of caring about climate change um which is great but i think and i and i and i don't have high hopes for him really no. tackling <laughs> the har- harms of um the british empire over the last century um i wonder if maybe it'll have to wait until william can you know since they had a really catastrophic visit to um some they had, they had a catastrophic visit a couple of months ago that I think we talked about a little bit where they just the optics were just like, Oof. I mean, no one wants you here. Like, bleh. Yeah. And wasn't a
1: King C buddies with Jeffrey Epstein?
0: Oh, was he? I thought it was just Andrew. Not just Andrew.
1: It's just Andrew. I think
0: it's just Andrew. God. Bleh. I mean, now that, and- I mean, Andrew doesn't have his mummy to protect him. We could really go after him a little bit more, um, more strong, strongly, um it was kind of always, I thought of a, a negative of hers that she, he was her favorite. Um, and I mean, that's just kind of yucky, uh, in retrospect, but yeah, I don't know. I basically am a total word salad about this. I don't think we can, I, I, I certainly don't think it's, I don't think people celebrating in these countries is, is inappropriate inappropriate necessarily or and also it's not for me to say like so just whatever but it's more of like when I think about where we are in the world how it is unsettling to be like if that's where the discourse is it's it makes me sad just personally like the like I, I I don't know that I I mean I probably would enjoy I'm thinking of like who would I enjoy dancing on their graves like I can barely really muster my, like, the feelings for Trump and Mitch McConnell because I, though I hate them deeply, I just want them to be gone. I don't want, I don't necessarily want to be, like, there's not going to really feel like a celebration because it's just, like, you guys were so awful and you wreaked so much real damage. Like, let's just move on from that and, like, build the better future that we want. And I think, like, with the Queen, it's kind of, like, what I think I was more expecting, and of course, why would I expect this from Twitter, this nuance from Twitter? Um, but what I was more expecting was people being like, she had a complicated legacy. Like, now that she is gone, let's look at the ways in which the U.K. can really move into a, truly a modern era. Because this woman, like, that was never going to happen under her. But it's because the woman was 96 and had been queen since she was 25 and, like, a product of World War II and her her – uncle's abdication and there was so much other stuff going on for her and her her father's early death I mean just as a side note people being like Charles cut him some slack someone came for me yesterday because I called Charles like I said Charles has been acting like a spoiled baby like he's already there's already three clips of him losing his shit about something like a pen like it's Are you kidding? This man has had 76 years to prepare for the spotlight and his mother's death and how to be a good king. And, you know, and he's already lost his mind at his staff in front of all the cameras, which just goes to show what kind of an asshole he is. I'm sorry, like, or not sorry at all. And people were like, you are not cutting him any slack. Like, his mother just died. It's like Queen Elizabeth... She was 25 when her father died. And in a lot of ways, people say that he died earlier than he would have because of the strains of being put on the throne instead of his brother and around World War II. And, like, anyway, like, you, uh, she was 25 and she you never saw her acting like a child, even though, of course, OK, it's the 50s. Like, we don't have the same sort of archival footage that we would now. But <laughs> still, I just don't think I think she that was a more traumatic entree into being ruler if i mean i'm just using that term carelessly but like you know into power um and she handled it so much better than this 76 year old man so i think that she was really like in a certain sense a person who rose to the challenge that was hers she was duty bound she felt she was duty bound to accept Mm -hmm. that she took seriously and and carried that that banner for the, her, the whole of her life you know that famous like my whole life whether long or short shall be you know
1: <laughs> go on <laughs> shall be
0: in your service <laughs> um anyway uh it, it was it was her life's work and she t- she felt there was honor in that and a lot of people felt there was honor whether or not there was but like immediately after her death I feel that her son is like in his sort of bloated, childish sense, like already undermining it.
1: Well, yeah, and now is the time to ask, like, what is the role, if any, of the monarchy? And right. In twenty twenty two, yeah. What should or should they not be doing? Should we all just watch Bridgerton instead? Like, I don't know.
0: Um, of course, we should all watch Bridgerton instead. <laughs> not we could watch them in tandem. I don't know. The no, answer, we should watch but, it. Instead. Uh, we should get rid of the monarchy. And just leave it to dramatizations forever. No,
1: no it's abso- It's just like you know, <laughs> defund the police. Watch Law and Order SVU. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are these are the things we can do. Um, <laughs> but no, she did like. She seemed like a very duty bound um, person who. Like every historian talks about how well she adapted to change, and she cared so much about her duty and what you know she was supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is, yeah, she started started that reign seventy years ago um, when it meant something different. So you know, I take that into account, but I you know I'm looking at things through the the modern lens and and what the monarchy means today. But um, yeah, and I think the only other thing I wanted to. say say, which I don't want to end on a poopy note. Um but in terms of the grave dancing, because I felt similarly about Trump and McConnell where it's like, I don't want to at least out loud say. <laughs> <laughs> um but I also I don't know anyone who like no one in my direct family, for instance, died as a result of either of their actions. Mm-hmm. I can see the ways in which they've been Bad for the world, for myself personally, for friends, for family mm-hmm. um, but I don't have a family member who is in essentially a concentration camp under their rule, right, you know good point, um, so I feel like that is the disparity for me, and I also feel like maybe I would do a little dancing either I just <laughs> don't want to say it, I feel like it it lets something into the atmosphere. I don't want yeah. to let out, yeah, um. But I do think, yeah, from everything I know, if everything I believe to be true about Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump are true, yeah. the world would be a net better place without them in it, I feel right. comfortable saying. Maybe. Yes. I've got it all wrong, and, you know, the liberal media bias has gotten <laughs> to me, and they're upstanding gentlemen. Um, But if what I believe to be true about them is correct, then when they do leave this earthly plane, Mm -hmm. um, this earthly plane won't be worse for it. Uh, Yeah. Is that a chill enough way to put that where I won't get in trouble with the powers that be? I don't know. I'm not even like a religious person. I'm just like don't want to say that out loud,
0: you know? Right. No, I totally agree with you in all that you've said and that is a good point. Just like in terms of the disparity between those two and between and, and the queen and people feeling that whether or not she was had direct knowledge but also, or not. Mitch and Donald like themselves have advocated for things whereas she, ha- it's, it's complicated right. on like, a
1: number of levels. There are so many layers. Um Yeah.
0: Right. I think like the cost to neutrality for her probably was quite steep. Not, I'm not saying it as an excuse for her, but like she personally paid the cost in her life for um not speaking up on behalf of people like her sister when her sister wanted to marry the first person who she wanted to marry um and like she hasn't really stood up for harry um she was she sort of didn't do anything and it was the first time that she people really called her out i think was with diana um with diana's death and she didn't really she was didn't really say anything for a long time until she finally was kind of pushed to. Um, There were other things that happened in the UK that people wanted to hear from her on. um, Like that, if anyone watched The Crown, that like atrocious mining disaster in the mining town where there was a huge coal, like um, (laughs) flood basically, like an avalanche of coal and it ended up killing like, 50 people like including a whole like class full of children like it seemed like an absolute horrendous thing and she did go she did go but like she didn't speak fast enough you know she didn't she wasn't like there on it and I think there was this like whole mental conditioning like her psychology must have been so like you know like they always say like never complain never explain was her motto like so she was just sort of like towing the line for the UK like not speaking and when she did it was very very like tailored and specific and and not many times did she actually let people know she was in pain they, we keep seeing the, the clip of her talking about um, one time that she admitted she was upset was at the in her Christmas address in 1992 when Windsor mm-hmm. Castle had like was engulfed in flames and that was really sad for her um but just like very often she doesn't do that um so and i don't know i mean i i guess i've done a bad job in this in this um this specific podcast of really i think i think zooming up and out a little bit what troubles me is more of like okay but how do we how do we get out of this, like, like when you say, like, you don't want to release that into the atmosphere with Mitch McConnell and Trump, yeah. I feel, I feel that. It's exactly what I feel like. It's the, And I think the release of a lot of these feelings that are, that I cannot tell people whether or not they're valid or not. I mean, they seem valid based on, but it's sort of like, but complicated, murky, yeah. like well, Why don't legacy. we want to release them,
1: you know? Like, maybe it is okay to. Right. And we've just been conditioned into, like... Not ruffling feathers and being a certain kind of way and not speaking a certain kind of way, and maybe it would be fine to release certain things. And we've just been, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what the right thing is. All I know is how I feel and what I have read,
0: (laughs) yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tough to parse through it feels comp it feels well it certainly feels more complicated than than twitter would make it but it's certainly not as simple as like you know reverie reverence and unconditional like respect i don't think i think she deserves this the criticism and anyway it's um but i just want i want to think about like ways to constructively be like how do we in the reign of king charles the third Ew, I hate that. By the way, I hate that the whole legacy, like, there's not going to be another queen in our lifetime, I don't think. So that's kind of a bummer.
1: Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm genuinely not wishing for this, but Charles's (laughs) hands. um, Ooh, those are chunky. Those are, those look like heart failure hands to me. Um, Which again, I'm, I'm genuinely not, I'm not, boop, 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 not wishing for anything, but those were some swollen, some swollen hands. But I also had thoughts when Trump. Had COVID and I had thoughts when Mitch McConnell had a bunch of fucking bruises, yeah. Um, that maybe certain things would be happening, um, and I'm I'm truly genuinely not wishing this on Charles. Um, <laughs> but so when I saw those those paws, it's like that's when you have swelling in your extremities, like it generally mean something's wrong with your heart, your kidneys, or maybe it was just a weird angle. I don't know, Ugh. but it seems like a fluid retention where it shouldn't be yikes yikes Yikes! i'm also not his provider i'm not (laughs) his his doctor his
0: nurse practitioner i've never met the man um based on the way he was having a hissy fit over a pen multiple times multiple times publicly i wouldn't want to provide for him in any way um wouldn't mm want to be providing him support yeah yeah Ugh, alright, well, that's just That's that I think we solved it, I think we're very clear on where we <laughs>
1: We solved every problem In the world, um, you can thank These two white women for all problems being Solved, thank you, cash or check To, um, K-W-I. Uh, thank you <laughs>
0: Uh, okay And now for we see you
1: Do you remember In June when Republicans were like, it's not a ban on abortion. We're just going to let states decide. I do remember that. (sighs) Lindsey Graham. Do you remember him? Mm -hmm. I do remember him. (sighs) So as you know, because we both wanted to talk about this, (laughs) 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 he introduced a bill that would create a nationwide ban on abortion. Abortion um, mm-hmm. after 15 weeks of pregnancy, and he did. A, he did, and when they they happen at that point, um, generally they're either to save life of the mother, which to be fair, he accounts for mm-hmm. gold star, Good sir, for
0: him,
1: um, or to spare the agony of a baby who will not survive after birth, which he doesn't. Um, account for and i'll let you do your hot take before i dive into everything i want to say about it but um there was a woman who asked him questions um when he made this announcement um ashby beasley and she said i'll just say her words um what would you say to somebody like me who found out that their son had an anomaly that was incompatible with life at 16 weeks um she delivered him at 28 weeks. When he was born, he lived for eight days. He bled from every orifice of his body. We were allowed to make that choice for him. You would be robbing that choice from these women. What would you say to someone like me? And he didn't really have anything to say. He said the world pretty much has spoken on this issue. The developed world has said at this stage into the pregnancy, the child feels pain, and we're uh, going to join the rest of the world and not be like Iran. Also, side note, Iran. Um, where abortion is mostly illegal does allow women to petition to get an abortion in cases of fetal disability disability meaning something that would lead to their death and we only get diagnoses about things like fetal abnormalities that could lead to death at 15 to 20 weeks or potentially 20 weeks with an anatomy scan Mm. um so when you don't allow for these you know he says oh they feel pain um so later you force a woman to carry a fetus and deliver when you know the outcome, you're prolonging pain and suffering for everybody involved. It is the one of the most cruel things I can imagine legislating, and there's no fucking reason to do it. Right. Um, and he said, if we take back the House and the Senate, I assure you we'll
0: have a vote on our bill. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I hate it. Um, And just uh, when one of the reporters asked, like, you stated that the repeal would let every state decide if abortion is legal. You said that was the most constitutionally sound way of dealing with this. And here you are. And then Graham said, I thought it would be nice to introduce a bill to define who we are. And it's like, yeah, in a sense, you're right. And it's a nice way to clearly define we're liars. We're the party of liars. Um, we're going to push and push to get what we want. We're going to gaslight and make you think that we have a reasonable policy behind us, but really when push comes to shove, we're just going to try to take as much control away from women in this, um, and pregnant people as absolutely possible. Like we're going to keep doing it. We're first, we're going to do 15 weeks. If we can pass 15, we're going to, we're going to cut it down from there. I mean, it's, so frustrating to me and the way that he's has he's up there looking like a wet sock and behind him (laughs) looking like a wet put on a (laughs) t-shirt and then behind him are a bunch of women and they all just look vacant and irritating and it's so disgusting to me and that these women would let themselves be like used in this way is you know just very frustrating but yeah, yeah no the 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 gaslighting and the lying continues from the GOP on the ish grand old issue of abortion. And um, you know what? See you in the midterms, bitches.
1: <laughs> yeah, we see you now. We'll see you then. And um, sh- special sidebar shout out to Mike Pence, um, <laughs> who said that he believes implementing a national abortion ban um, and quote unquote continuing the conservative right and fight to restrict bodily autonomy for women is profoundly more important than any short-term politics. You know, he knows what he's at least, you know what? He knows what he stands for. Oh Um, my God. We don't. And before we get to the next one, I just feel like we have a, this, the shit that they're saying, I feel, well, one, I feel a certain kind of way as somebody who has the possibility of getting pregnant. Um, and I also feel a certain kind of way as somebody who lives in this country and if you know I wonder if this type of issue will motivate people to vote against them or what will happen if they are voted in you know Mm -hmm. it's it's quite the landscape we're in quite the landscape so we see you too Lindsay, Mike and the rest of the the rest of the schoolhouse gang gang.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know this is also coming when I think West Virginia also just passed a near total of ban on abortion. So I mean, it's it's happening all over. The states are the they're falling, they're falling. Um, you know, everyone should be paying attention. Anyone who's considering getting pregnant, anyone who's not but has the capacity to. I mean, and I will say I've gotten yeah. pregnant three times, two of which I took
1: Plan B after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in the recommended period of time.
0: So just- yeah
1: throwing that out there and i have one daughter i didn't take plan b
0: for her but you know uh yeah just think about it It, it, oh man yeah the the effects of that are just going to be continuing to be awful for so many people and um it'll have unintended consequences which i just Continue to you know remind people who don't think it's going to affect them. It might. It might affect you. It it yeah. it actually will probably
1: if you have or know anybody with a uterus or you. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ways that this could impact you.
0: Yeah, totally. Um okay quick shout out to the New York Times investigation that um 97 members of Congress um reported trades in companies influenced by their committees so it's a whole they just um released this report i think yesterday um where it's a report that basically just talks about how many members of Congress um, bought or sold stock, bonds, or other financial assets that intersected with their congressional work um, or reported similar transactions by their spouse or a dependent child. Um u.s lawmakers are not banned from investing in any company um including those that could be affected by their decisions but um and i'm reading from the new york times right now but the training patterns um and analysis undersc- underscore longstanding concerns about the potential for conflicts of interest um or using of inf- inside information by members of congress um this is a this is a huge issue it affects both democrats and republicans it is like this is something that feels like something that they they could easily legislate against and they benefit their power directly benefits a lot of their power is found in allowing there to be no explicit um l- rules against a lot of these things you have to like i think there's basically insider trading is like the only thing you really can't do i mean there's there are all these ways in which your power and influence you know is going to be able to you're you're going to be able to keep legislation from getting onto the floor, which actually seems like just obviously ethically correct, that you shouldn't be able to financially benefit from insider information that you have because of a committee that you're on as a lawmaker in Congress. Um, It's pretty disgusting. I don't care who you are. Like, I I want this to be something that is much more clear-cut. I want there to be laws against this, and I want it to be prosecuted. I do not want people making rule like benefiting financially from their information as a lawmaker it's fucked up and honestly this points directly a lot of this goes right back to this article doesn't I think mention it actually at all let me control f and just make sure no um, well this is actually oh, because they're not even talking about the senate these are congress people but um This also – because they list everyone. They list all the different congressmen and what their reported trades are and of their reported trades, how many have a potential conflict. Um, And, you know, it's lots and lots of money, but I, I think this also is something that we need to think about when there was that huge Times investigation of Joe Manchin and all the climate legislation that's been held up because of his technically legal but very ethically dubious ties to one coal plant in West Virginia. Um, that is like. It continues to be incredibly depressing to me. So. Um, for today. Just we see you to these 97 members of Congress. Um, we see you. It's a lot.
1: The fact that it's that many. I mean it should be astounding. And in a sense it is. But it's also like. Oh, here we are again. Right? Corruption. Ugh. Name of the game. Uh, speaking of. Alex Jones. Uh, Ew. Uh. He's his name is synonymous with just like trash heap. We've <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we've talked about we've done us on some of his shady or maybe more appropriately evil uh, actions before, um, from denying Sandy Hook the shooting there was real and inflicting countless damage on families uh, because of that to sending naked photos of his wife without her permission. Ugh. He's a real piece of shit, but. You know, we've talked about that. This new information just came out happenstance um, as a new trial begins this uh, this past week to determine how much he owes the victim's family members um, in the Sandy Hook shooting. So, his ex-wife and his current wife, apparently, um, per text from his phone, because y'all might remember, his entire, <laughs> accidentally, whoopsie, the entire text history of his phone was sent to uh, the opposing team. Uh, Oopie doopy. So, may- I think we'll maybe hear even more. Uh, stay tuned. Um, but according to the literal text from his phone... Um, he oversaw what was referred to as an elaborate spy ring to surveil his wife and his ex-wife, keeping tabs on their whereabouts at all times. Um, So these texts show that he was in pretty much constant 24-7 contact um, with people that he had hired to spy on. (laughs) Maria's drinking water! (laughs) Uh, With people that he had... Hired to spy on um, Kelly, who he is in a, uh, an ongoing custody battle with. And to monitor her activity and her whereabouts at all times. Um, and she is somebody who filed for divorce in 2013. And he was hired or hired ordered to stay away from her in 2021. And he hired a helicopter to circle her home which apparently was terrifying to their young daughter at the oh, time. Oh, wow.
0: You don't say... Obvious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Small children don't love uh, don't love that. Um, wow. And she told Rolling Stone, Alex is obsessed with me, has followed me for years, has done everything to infringe on my liberties and personal freedom to impose himself into my life. My life is a gauntlet of waiting for his next nefarious or disingenuous or overtly threatening move. I'm not surprised to find out he's engaged in this activity. Um, so there's also information about his current wife that he wed in 2017 and the same level of stalking and control um you know there are texts between him and a former mercenary for a private military company blackwater i don't know if y'all remember blackwater yeah um sounds familiar yeah he hired this person to, to track his wife wow um wow and the same kind of thing where he's looking at GPS records and where she is at all times and um yeah a bunch of really distressing awful terrifying morally dubious evil misogynistic um predatory control you know just a grab bag yeah a grab bag I can I can go on and on um so we see Alex Jones the deeper we dig the more shit we pull out um, yeah. sorry for that image nasty uh, <laughs> but it's you know it's yeah. not su- for somebody to claim Sandy Hook was fabricated you, you could guess they're a shitty person but mm-hmm. this abuse of women just gets more and more um,
0: when it comes to light it's more and more
1: terrifying and terrible so we see you to alex
0: jones yeah we see you oh my goodness um (sighs) all right my last we see you um just is like less of a we see you and more of like wow we really all need to i don't really know it just it's so sad and i just want to call attention to the devastation that's happening due to the floods in Pakistan, which affects more than 33 million people. And there's um, huge issues with um, increased uh, risk of waterborne diseases um, and disrupted access to healthcare. care. Um, there's already over 1,300 people who have died, including more than 400 children, And there's massive displacement. And a third of the country is underwater, which I think we talked about in just one of our, um, like, we brought it up a couple of weeks ago. But it's still, it seems like um, the water might not recede fully for six months. Um, And there's disparities in access between rural and urban areas in Pakistan. And there's, like, just total infrastructure disruption. um, And... I think even one of the – it's just it, – I don't even know really where to begin with this. It just seems like another, um, another humanitarian disaster with millions and millions and millions of people affected. And it's going to just get, it seems like, increasingly worse. Kind of like with the conflict, the war in Ukraine. Like, there's just going to be so many downstream things when it comes to starvation and lack of resources because of the crops that aren't getting farmed and – Sourced out um, and I think that um, it seems like this the floods in Pakistan that are devastating the country um, we're just only going to hear um you know over the course of weeks and months how things are getting worse and worse and and how many people died from um, sort of preventable infectious diseases and um, and other like disruptions of of care um, and yeah, so I just kind of, we see you, we see you to Pakistan, the floods in Pakistan. We, we like, see you, floods. We see you, you floods. I know sometimes I feel like when I do this, these types of ones are like, we see you to like global warming. <laughs> like it's yeah, like, oh, you showed oh. them, Maria.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, really, yeah, it's our ineptitude with dealing with it. Not even ineptitude. Yeah. I feel like we have the science. It's just we're choosing... Not we, as in you and I, because, again, we could solve all the world's problems in one episode. Yeah. Yep. You <laughs> but, know it. Um, yep. Yeah, no, it's devastating. And also another thing, as we were talking about earlier, that makes us nervous for the future and what's to come. But yeah. All righty. So I'm going to preface with this, Uh, this I see I see this we see you in Iowa Uh with the fact that police and prosecutors have not disputed that Piper Lewis was sexually assaulted and trafficked as a teenager um, starting at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. But their argument is that because the person she stabbed to death was asleep, um, he was not in immediate danger to her. So as mm-hmm. I said, this person was 15 years old um, when she was taken um, and sex trafficked when it began, and they don't dispute that she was raped, uh, repeatedly that she was sex trafficked, but they're saying that she is ordered to pay one hundred and fifty thousand dollars restitution to the man's family because she killed him while uh, he slept. <sighs> we and we know that the threat to life um, that somebody is under when they're a victim of this type of Repeated violence is constant, whether the other person is sleeping or awake. Every minute of their day, they don't know whether this person's going to kill them or not. Um, so even if they were sleeping, this it's not like this was a defenseless person that she could run away from. She was kept, you know, under lock and key in this house, and she didn't know if the second they woke up, if they were going to kill her. Um, it's not the same as killing someone you don't know when they're asleep. It's a completely different uh, situation, and we know that it is and we also know that um, victims and survivors of this type of violence are most at risk of being killed when they try to leave so what she was doing was by any measure of the definition an act of self-defense even if he was asleep at the time Mm -hmm. um, and the fact they're making this person who was a legal child uh, when she was forced into sex trafficking um, they're going to make her pay $150,000 that she does not have, um, that they're going to hold her accountable in that way is it's ludicrous. It's disgusting. um, And it's not unique. You know, it's another hole in our judicial system where victims and survivors of I say and because people choose to identify with one or the other term and I don't want to decide for them um, mm-hmm. of this type of violence often are held accountable when they are not even accountable. They're held uh, gu- as guilty persons when they commit acts of violence against these people, even when it's in self-defense, which it almost always, if not always is. Um, so just another gaping flaw in our judicial system. And uh, we see you for ordering her to pay $150,000 for attempting to save her own life and seeing the value in her own life. Um, disgusting. Broken system. We see you.
0: We see you. Disgusting. Depressing. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I guess... Um, In terms of a good thing, um, I think just like the Emmys happened and one thing that was good was um, Cheryl Lee Ralph won for Abbott Elementary and Keita Brunson won for Abbott Elementary. Um, So those were like great. Um, I didn't really follow the Emmys this year, um, but. Me either. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a couple headlines. Yeah, I mean, and now that I've said that, it's like, well, even that, like, there's like bad wrapped in good. Like Jimmy Kimmel was super yeah. disrespectful. I think it it wasn't malicious, but it doesn't mean it's. St- I think no. it doesn't mean it's less disrespectful. Um, yeah. To quote, I think um, someone said that on on NPR, and I thought that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. it. Doesn't have to be malicious for it to be really shitty yeah and he's, and he's grown
1: a lot since the man show yeah. <laughs> yeah the man show may we all take a moment <laughs> and remember the man show
0: god do we I have do. to
1: yeah i man. know and she show. she said you know uh, after the time she was like oh i don't i'm not upset about it maybe i will be after i think about it more but you know i he was the first one to put me on his show and da da um mm-hmm. but that also doesn't none of us are perfect I'm not we're not going to blacklist him from the world no um but yeah you have to be conscious of your actions and if somebody of you know a person of color or anybody um, right particularly if you're a white man and there's a woman of color accepting an award maybe don't just like make yourself the centerpiece of it right I don't know um my opinion. And I saw something um, related to that good thing worthy that the that TV series Abbott Elementary which I do really want to watch now mm-hmm. um, use some of their marketing budget to buy school supplies for
0: teachers. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, it's really good. I think you'll, I think you'll like it. I think I will. Yeah, um, I guess Jimmy Kimmel really likes it. <laughs> I mean, and it's like I, what I, I kind of feel like it's a little late at this point, but I'm kind of waiting for a formal apology, which I, I'm sure he will give. And it's sort of like you don't have, don't work it through your marketing, don't work it through your team, just yeah, get like that he, apology he out he there.
1: Can. <laughs> and I do
0: believe that he like,
1: which might just I don't know be. For no reason, but I do feel like he has genuinely grown since since the man since show. the Man Show, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, there's no way to go but up. But yeah. I do, <laughs> I do feel like he based he kind of does give some from time to time. He'll give some really scathing, um, on the nose commentary that like the other Jimmy Fallon isn't gonna give. You yeah, know? and he was yeah. never on the Man Show, but he's just always kind of. Um, Jimmy Fallon along, you know. Yeah, I wish him no ill, but like,
0: yeah. But I'm uh, kind of like, I don't care jellyfish. about him. Yeah, yeah, no spine,
1: no spine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably going to be a good day when there aren't any Jimmys on late night anymore. Like, not that they have, you know. I'm just kind of, and maybe it's just the cynic in me is sort of like, I don't really know the last bit that I found like really funny or really interesting or mm. clever it's just like feels pretty tired um and i think yeah. it has to do with maybe the gentlemen who are who are doing doing it, it.
1: Mm. and uh, to be fair i haven't watched many i used to watch like a lot of an animal rabbit no. i used to watch a lot of late night uh clips like um, not live because i go to bed early often yeah. um I it used to be like part of my little like routine in the morning with my coffee. I'd watch Rachel Maddow. I'd watch like some highlight clips, but I haven't watched the clips anymore. Yeah, I think perhaps it's because they haven't been as good. They canceled Sam B, <sighs> um,
0: which was like <laughs> a rough. That was rough. And who was um was it Lily Singh or there was like a late late night um yeah I think it was Lily Singh Lily Singh and she, I think her. Now I'm just gonna Google it. Oh, a little late night with Lily Singh that was like n- not on for very long, and I thought mm-hmm. she was really funny and like clever. And just like, yeah, just give some, us something new, get please. some
1: women in there, get someone of color in there. I know, um, formerly on the Seth Meyers show, he was what late night or one of later night, yeah, one of counts. them. Amber <laughs> Reffin, who was always really funny, has her own show that I think is yeah. happening, and everything I've watched from that I've really liked. So maybe I'll pop that into my to fix that little because I love like that used to be such a part of my little digest you know first it was the daily show back in the day with Jon Stewart and sometimes Trevor Noah obviously too but yeah
0: um, yeah yeah I I want to watch go back and watch more of Trevor Noah because he is very funny when clips come up I really like his takes I think he's really funny and have you have you read Born a Crime? Yet? No, I do want to. I do, yeah, I do yeah. really like him. It's just I feel like
1: I had I started watching because I was just watching the Daily Show. And then he came on the scene. and I started watching the Daily Show and other late night shows too. Mm-hmm. And then I was just overwhelmed with late night shows, and I need to just pick a few and commit, you know. Totally. So
0: <laughs> anyway. <Okay. laughs> So, yeah, that's our little wrap on a good thing. LOL. Uh, <laughs> um, All right, cool. Well, I think we've really cleared up any questions about how either of us feel about, you know, the queen. I think it's clear. I think there's no ambiguity at all. None. None. <laughs> the world is black and white. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well... Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Bye.